to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. If you are listening to this the day it comes out, we are almost at the end of this huge health and wellness bundle sale that I've been talking about for the last week. And I'm telling you all about this because I'm so excited about it and it's just one of those things that I feel like is too good to be true. And this company, The Bundle Co., only does bundles once for different categories. So I know they had an amazing entrepreneurship bundle a while back that a lot of people bought from and loved it and now they're doing their health and wellness bundle and I'm sure that if you're interested in listening to this podcast you're also interested in health and wellness and you are going to love these courses. So just to recap in this health and wellness bundle you are getting 30 online courses and programs that are all related to health and wellness and you are getting these for So 100 bucks total for 30 courses and together these courses are usually worth over $5,000. This is a huge discount. It's a total steal and you are getting courses covering things like self-confidence, manifestation, yoga, self-care, meditation, strength training, burning fat, preconception health, going toxic-free, fixing your period problems, confronting emotional eating, quitting sugar, detoxing, fixing your gut, overcoming adrenal fatigue, everything you need to know about going gluten-free and paleo, making herbal preparations, optimizing your sleep, and more. And my course, the Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, which is everything you need to know about living a healthy paleo lifestyle as a woman. I cover nutrition, building balanced meals, grocery shopping, cooking hacks. I also cover exercise and body image and balancing your hormones and avoiding the top mistakes women make when it comes to health. The social side of changing your diet and lifestyle eating out, just all the things you need to know. So my course is one of the courses included, and my course typically costs more than this whole bundle itself, and there are courses in this bundle that are worth $500, over $700, many of them are close to two to $300, so this is a steal. Even if you already own my program, or even if there are a few in here that you're not interested in, if there are one to two programs in here that you are really interested in or you think you might be in the future, 
you should buy this before it's gone because this is only live for a week. It ends tomorrow, Tuesday, September 17th, 2019 at 11.59 PST. And I do not want you guys to miss out on this and have FOMO and regret not purchasing it. 100 bucks is just a total steal for all the content you're getting. You can work through this content for years. And once you purchase this bundle, you have it for the rest of your life. So even if you don't want to go through the courses right now or the programs right now, if you think you ever will want to in the future, you should definitely get this. And it really covers all aspects of lifestyle and, you know, caters to whatever you want to focus on in the moment. So maybe you are interested in your hormones, adrenals, fixing your period. There are courses on that. Maybe you're interested in self-confidence and women's empowerment and manifesting and mindfulness. There are courses on that. If you want to focus on your fitness, there are a bunch of different strength training, cardio, yoga programs in here. If you are interested in the foodie side of things, there are a ton of resources about meal prep and cooking and building a healthy diet. There is something here for everyone and I cannot recommend it enough. Some of my favorites that I've been working through are The Manifestation Project, Emotional Eating by Nutritious Life, the I Quit Sugar 8-Week Program. I mean, I kind of already quit sugar, but I like to just go through the content because that program is very well known from Sarah Wilson, so love that. Also, the Gut Overhaul. I'm loving the Clean Sweep. Also, Say Goodbye to Your Period Problems and the Adrenal Collective Workshop the Hormone Reset Detox Program, and then I've been loving Yoga for Beginners by Yoga by Candice, and also a few of the different strength training programs like Move with Strength from Bex Lives Healthy and Emily Hayden's four-week fat loss program with the at-home guide. So many different options. So if you want in on this, you can go to bit.ly slash CRW bundle. That's bit.ly slash CRW B-U-N-D-L-E. And you can find all 30 programs that are included. You can learn more about the prices they're typically at and what you're getting them for. And you can get a little preview of what each is about and just the breakdown of the price. I mean, you're getting this for 98% off. Each of these programs is basically being sold for $3, which is unreal. And I know a ton of you have already purchased this, but if you haven't yet, I really highly encourage you to get it because there are so many amazing programs in this bundle that can really be life-changing and just a wealth of knowledge. And when you talk about, you know, having access to the right information to heal yourself or to reach your health goals, this is where it's at. So definitely check that out. And speaking of switching to non-toxic and balancing our hormones, if you have not tried Clear Stem Skincare yet, this needs to be on your radar because these products are seriously amazing. I love Clear Stem because it is Western and Eastern medicine meeting in the middle for highly effective products that are completely non-toxic. And it's also anti-aging meets anti-acne. So whether you are concerned with anti-aging or acne concerns, this line will help you out. And I feel like everyone falls into one of those categories. And it's cool because I know a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, I'm using the same product as my daughter or my mom. And it works great for different reasons, but it's just all about resetting your skin. And this line is amazing. There are absolutely no hormone disruptors in this line. It's all 
safe, non-toxic, and highly effective. Definitely check out my podcast episodes with the founders, Kaylee Clark and Danielle Gronich. They are skincare wizards. Is wizards the right word? I don't know, but they're amazing. The original product that really put them on the map that I fell in love with was their Cell Renew. This is their collagen infusion serum. I'm sure you guys know about the benefits of collagen, but these collagen stem cells along with their targeted botanical extracts really are the perfect formula to make a huge difference in the appearance of your skin. This product is great for all skin types. It's a serum that soaks into the skin really nicely. It helps hydrate the skin without making it extra oily. And this is designed to help to fade any scars and marks left behind after breakouts. And then of course, the collagen stem cells help with the anti-aging. There are plenty of ingredients in here that are really calming. And again, it's all totally non-toxic. This is a product that I think everyone needs to add into their skincare regimen because it's just easy to slip in there and you just massage it onto your skin. You want to shake up the bottle because they don't use any junk fillers or binders so it can separate. So just shake the bottle, apply the Cell Renew Serum and massage it into your skin and let it do its magic. Your skin will feel so soft afterwards and I love this especially if I get a sunburn, if I have any treatment on my face, like a laser treatment, microneedling, or a chemical peel, if my skin just feels like it needs some extra TLC, my skin is inflamed for any reason, this really helps to calm it down. But I love this for everyday use as well. I use it morning and night, and it's great for my oily skin because it does hydrate without giving me too much moisture where I'm like extra oily, you know? And my other absolute favorite product from them is their Clarity. This is their AHA PHA acid serum. And if you don't have an acid in your skincare routine, this is where the magic happens. This acid is great for all skin types. It is really the perfect exfoliant that can be used in a few different ways to help accelerate your results. This is going to slough away at that top layer of your skin and it will help your skin become brighter, healthier, just free of any blemishes. Your breakouts will disappear faster. Fine lines will disappear faster. Scars, red marks will disappear faster because you are bringing up that that new fresh layer of skin faster. This is the change maker. And I recommend starting small. So use it a couple nights a week. And then when your skin is adjusted to the new level of exfoliation, then maybe amp it up to every other night. And you could even incorporate it into your morning routine if you want as well. But you want to apply this to clean skin, avoid your eyes, massage it into your skin, and then let it just sit for... 15 to 30 minutes and let it do its job so it really activates. And then after that, I would go back and add the Cell Renew Serum on top. You can also use this on other areas of your body as well, like your chest, the tops of your hands, any old scars. People have said this has gotten rid of their brown spots, it's gotten rid of their melasma. This is amazing. And if you're looking for some really great gentle cleansers, definitely check out their vitamin scrub cleanser, which is great for all skin types. It just gives you a little extra exfoliation with their really gentle beads and also their gentle clean vitamin infused calming wash. This is a really great everyday 
face wash for all skin types and it is also great for makeup removal whenever I have a lot of makeup on I always cleanse with this and it really gets all of it off and it does not strip my skin so my skin doesn't feel like it's extra dry after it leaves it plenty hydrated and my skin just feels so clean and smooth after so if you want to try out clear stem just go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s for $15 off your purchase and on that website you will also find their list of pore clogging ingredients to check all of your makeup and skincare for in case you are still breaking out and don't know why definitely check that out and they have a ton of other education on their website as well so again my discount code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s will get you $15 off and that's clearstemskincare.com Today's guest is someone I know you guys are going to fall in love with if you don't already know and love her, Sarah Small from The Empowered Empath. Sarah is a holistic business coach for empaths, but she is really so much more than that. She not only is founder of The Empowered Empath, but she's also a certified bioenergetic practitioner, an NLP coach and practitioner, a timeline therapy practitioner, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, a certified vibrational crystal healer, a Reiki healer, a law of attraction practitioner, and an expert in healing the emotional roots behind illness. You can also find her on her podcast, Healing Uncensored, which I'm sure many of you will love if you don't already listen to it. Sarah is really on a mission to help change the way people approach healing chronic illness, and she's really committed to helping other women who have hit healing and or business plateaus to incorporate what she believes is the most powerful aspect of our growth, the emotional, energetic, spiritual, very much my language. And if you relate to being an empath, you will love her work. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's at the underscore empowered underscore empath. And she is amazing. I fell in love with her the first time I found her Instagram page and watched her stories. She has amazing energy, of course, and she is just so talented. And this episode is very powerful. And I know that you guys are going to leave this with a lot of incredible takeaways. We talk about overcoming grief. She has a really, really incredible story to share. We talk about finding intuition, how to become more intuitive, plenty of business tips if you are an empath, and much more. And I know you guys are going to love this. So I don't want to make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Sarah Small. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've been pumped to chat with you. I love all of your content and you're so inspiring for your audience. I love seeing everything you post. Can you tell people a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on today. I, my brand is the Empowered Empath, and I get so lit up being able to help the wounded empath step into their empowered self. And I currently am working with a lot of empath entrepreneurs, so women who uh, label themselves as like sensitive or introverts or the INFJs of the world, or just feel like their emotions can be intense or that they feel the worst 
world really deeply and sense the energy of not only people, but the environments and things around them. And they're wanting to step into a business and that they love and are passionate about a message that they feel so called to share with the world, but are thinking, oh, these things make it hard for me, or it doesn't mean I can do it because I'm extra sensitive. And I just love activating those people and showing them how they can do this in a way that is not based on a book that they read in you know, business school or something, and instead in a really beautifully authentic way. And this, this work has been inspired by my own journey with chronic illness, numerous autoimmune diseases, some loss and trauma that I've experienced in my own life that has just led me to look at my own sensitivities as strengths as an entrepreneur and just realizing that within that physical healing journey and food and nutrition and everything, I I did hit a plateau and that the emotional and energetic aspects of healing really helped me bust through that in my body in, in the physical sense, but also in my, my business and what I'm so passionate about sharing with this world. So it's a little bit about what I do. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we had kind of a similar trajectory um, kind of same thing with me, like hitting the wall with the nutrition and lifestyle mm-hmm. stuff and then moving to the energy healing sp- side of things and the emotional trauma and all of that. I would yeah. love for you to share a little bit more about like your own personal health journey. Yes, absolutely. So my, it's a long one, but I started in seventh grade with stomach migraines. And I think it's no coincidence that that's the same year that my parents got divorced is just, you know, looking back at all the things that I, the, my health journey and all the little big kind of dots on the timeline of what did surface. I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense now that I understand more about energy and emotions, but, uh, started with stomach migraines in seventh grade and they were pretty debilitating and not really any cure for them per se, but it's just the way that migraines manifest more in children in the stomach versus in the, in the, in the head. And then I got really frustrated in in high school because I had seen 17 different doctors by the time I was 17 and just searching, searching, searching desperately for answers. What's wrong with me? And I was asking all the wrong questions too, like what's wrong with me? How can you fix this? Please fix me. And it wasn't until many years later that I realized something wrong with me and I didn't need fixing, but I did want to feel seen and heard and understood and for people to look at the pain that I was describing and experiencing in my body as a real thing because it was very real in my body and that was mostly chronic back pain that then got diagnosed as fibromyalgia at finally at the age of 17 but that didn't you know fix it or make it go away it really just led me on this spiral of additional health path and journey and and becoming a detective and becoming my own advocate. And by the time I was in college, I had then got diagnosed with several other illnesses like celiac disease and vitiligo and lots of different co-infections and hormonal imbalances, et cetera, et cetera. But by that time, I had finally found yoga. And yoga was just a gateway for me into mindfulness. And the mindfulness led into more holistic health paths and different ways of treating and 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 coping with chronic illness other than that like pill for every ill saying or strategy that some people live by and so 
through that experience, I, you know, changed, really overhauled my entire life, you know, cut out gluten, cut out a bunch of other foods, did elimination diets, and continued to experiment with what made me feel like myself again. Because for so long, I was just tired and super duper sensitive and having anxiety attacks every single day. And it was so debilitating. And I was really in this dark hole part of my life. And then what happened on top of that dark hole where I was like, who am I? What is this life? And just so many things confusing in my mind and, and in my body. That same year was the year that my brother committed suicide. And it was June 28th, 2015. And that day was this insurmountable loss, this deep, deep heartache, this completely cracking open of my soul that changed my trajectory from there, from that point forward, where I could no longer ignore the emotions that I was experiencing and keep, you know, being the the fine girl. (laughs) I call her, that's like the Sarah that was like this fine girl, meaning how how are you Sarah? Fine. How's everything going? Fine. (laughs) It's like, it wasn't fine. I just use that as this like blanket answer to ignore all the things that didn't feel fine that I was ignoring and pushing down and they were finding homes in my body and it showed up as pain, but I didn't realize it. And finally, when grief was on the table, all the other rainbow of emotions came spiraling out as well. And it just couldn't ignore it anymore. And that was when I started looking into, well, first of all, just showing up as my authentic self. And that felt a lot better. (laughs) But then also exploring energy healing modalities and things like hypnosis and EFT and Reiki and all these other modalities that now I've come to use as really the foundation of my mindset, of my physical health, my emotional health, and through that journey and that breaking through of the healing plateau is what also inspired me to create my business. Wow. What an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, I'm so sorry for your loss. I can only imagine how that would feel. Um, I, I am curious if you could speak more to like the process of working through, through that grief, like yeah. um, processing that, like, I, I feel like that's something you can't even process, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say that everyone's first law experience is very different. And for me, uh, you know, and I think suicide is also something that it, we kind of grieve it differently as well. And, uh, you know, full, I'm an open book, full transparency. Like, it was a complete shock. It, I, I knew my brother had struggled with depression in the past. But that phone call that day from from my dad, like, I was in complete, utter shock and there was no note that was left. And so in parts, parts of me are thankful that he didn't, because I think we would have overanalyzed the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. And then part of me is like, but I'll never really know. And so there's, there, there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of having to, process and interpret his death that that again was such a shock to my system in the first place in in my own way and intentionally choosing how I was going to do that because if you look around everyone else that knew my brother family and friends like we have not all gone down the same path with with grief and we've all 
chosen, I think, to process it in our own way. But for me, I can only speak to my personal journey, but my initial like first phase, I guess you'd say of the grief, grief roller coaster, which I think is so nonlinear. It's just all over the place and grief can hit you anywhere, anytime. It hit me a couple weeks ago as I was walking into the gynecologist's office and all of a sudden, like I heard this song on in the hallway and it was just like, boom, and it hits you. It hits you out of nowhere. But what I decided was that that was okay. And that it was okay to cry in the gynecologist's office and that it was okay to have negative emotions and it was okay to feel sad. And I then used that, those emotions and the intensity of them as inspiration, as, I mean, some of the greatest things I think that I've written or shared with the world have been in those moments of, of heavy, heavy shit and, and not having all the answers. And so it was really, for me, it was a surrendering. It's completely surrendering control over life, over, you know, trying to control like whether my brother could still be here with us or not. And instead accepting that that's the path that he chose and that's what he really, really wanted. And I still feel his energy all the time. I think he's more with us than ever. And he, I think of him as my spirit guy that's, that's guiding me on this journey. But What I can say to your audience is just that it's so nonlinear and that we, within that nonlinear process of of an experience of emotions, we can choose how we respond to it. And we can choose whether grief, you know, permanently keeps us in that darkness and that dark hole and kind of looking at the world as, oh, only bad things happen or being the victim of, of this. Or we can, I think, take the more empowered path of looking at the lesson, looking at the light this person shared on the, with the world. And I think of my brother as leaving this incredible footprint with us. Of He was a photographer. And just to be able, I think it's such a gift to be able to see the world through his eyes, through his photos, even though he's not still here with us. And that is such a special gift. And feeling his energy around me to this day is also such a special gift. And I just have personally chose to respond to the biggest loss of my entire life in a way that actually inspires me and goes, how would, how would he want me to live? And how would he want me to feel about myself? And how would he want me to love myself and show up for the world? And those are things that inspire me every single day. And that's been, that's been my journey and I'm still in it. I still feel the grief, but it's, it's a never ending process that we can always choose how we respond to. Yeah, I love that perspective. And it really is interesting how, you know, it's it's really the darkest times that you have the biggest opportunity for growth. And I think about mm-hmm. all the strongest people I know, and what they have in common is they all went through some really dark shit, like, and that's how they grew out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think especially with suicide, this is a conversation I've had actually quite a lot recently, unfortunately, but a lot of times, you know, hearing from family or friends, um, you know, taking blame, like, like thinking that it was their fault, you know, especially if there isn't as much of an explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be something really hard for people to navigate. Like they keep having this nagging thought, like I should have done X, Y, and Z. Like, was I not enough? Um, how, yeah. how do you approach that? Oh, I love this. I haven't been asked this. I don't think ever. It's something I've definitely thought about myself and I've journaled about myself, but there 
the initial, like, especially those first two weeks after his passing, I journaled the hell out of my life. I mean, I have a specific purple journal that's sitting on my shelf and it's my Jordan journal. And I would just write to him and I would write to him every single day after his passing. And it was just, it was for me more than it was for him, but it was for me to kind of find that closure and to just intuitively feel into my, my emotions and what did I wish I could have said to him? And what do I think that he would be feeling now? And it was very healing for me. I've, I've had a a client who unfortunately lost a friend to, to, to suicide as well. And she ended up doing this too. And she also found it very, very therapeutic to just right. And the, I, I, I had that thought of, well, I texted him that afternoon and we were, we were joking. We were having like a silly conversation about Tinder and it, it, it felt so lighthearted. And then the next day I got this phone call. And so of course in my brain, I'm going, wow, was I just missing something? Like what would, did I say something wrong? You know, of course we have these thoughts, but I also had to get out of that spiral because I realized that it wasn't about me. It, it wasn't about me. And I don't think that that suicide is about anyone except for that, that person. And I actually worked with an energy healer in the, the month after my brother passed. And she said this really beautifully. She's like, you know what, Sarah, we all choose when we're going to exit this, this life, this, this physical form, this body. And he was ready. And that was his time. And it wasn't about any of you. It was about him and his path and his, his purpose in, on this planet. And it's, it's interesting to look at it too and, and go, oh, okay. So, you know, he left us at, at age 25. So he, like his purpose, sometimes we think of purpose as just our career path. Right. And, and, um, you know, what do we create tangibly in this world? And I think of purpose as very different now because I think of his purpose and I think, wow, actually in his passing and passing and in his death, he healed so many aspects of our family because it forced us to change and our relationships with each other and come together as a family. And we all have shifted as human beings because of this loss. And I get, again, it's, I think it just goes back to choice. You can choose to make it about you and, and to go down that dark spiral of what if I had done this? What if I had said this? And it's like, to me, there's just no benefit in that. And it's so much more empowering me to, for me to take on this belief of he chose literally chose when he was going to leave this planet. And I can, I can accept that and I can find peace with that. And that, that can be challenging. And there's, I'm sure there's somebody listening who goes, I'm never going to find peace with this, but I, I think you can, if you decide that that's what you want. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's about taking responsibility for our choices and how we react. Right. So it's yeah. easy to fall into the spiral, but you're choosing to fall into the spiral. You know, yeah. like life deals you cards and the universe deals you cards. And like that, that's the test, right? How are you going to respond? You can grow through it or you can spiral downwards. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it's, you know, again, full transparency. It's hard to take the path of I'm going to let this inspire me and to add to my growth as a human being and my compassion and empathy for others in the world. 
and then have other people in your life who have had their own loss or who also experienced the loss of my brother and see them go down that spiral of victim or this is like part of my label now or mm-hmm. uh, and, and that can be hard in itself. And again, I've had this experience where it's like, okay, it's not breathe through it, right? Like I can't control anybody else and I can only control my own. I can't control really anything on this planet except for my reaction, my, my response to the things around me. And so I can choose to respond to even those, those other ways of grieving in a way that, you know, makes me feel like crap or it makes me angry or I can respond to all people's own unique path of, of grieving and just honor it and what they're experiencing and go, okay, if that's what you need to do to grieve, then that's okay. And who am I to try to force or control you to think or feel otherwise? Yeah, 100%. I mean, but, and also going back to the empath situation, this is yeah. even so much more intense for an empath. And I mm-hmm. think a really common thought pattern is that you know as an empath you're feeling all of this and you're thinking it's selfish for me to choose to just you know to choose this path of growing through it and moving on and living my life a lot of people take Mm -hmm. take that thought thought pattern of like that's selfish and so maybe you can help reframe that for listeners who might feel that way yeah wow so and I also just want to touch on as an empath and losing someone this close to you, maybe some of you have had this experience, but I did not know it and was not aware of it at the time. But I realized later that I had felt the intensity of emotions of my brother leading up to his taking his own life. And I experienced the grief of my family members before I knew that that Jordan had died, but they knew. So I was one of the last to hear because my phone was on do not disturb. And I was at this big yoga event in Chicago, downtown, uh, right by, um, what was it called? Soldier field. And so I was the last to know and the farthest away. And the night before I had this panic attack, this like out of nowhere panic attack that of course I pinned on something else, but I realized at the time that was like, the moment of his passing. And then the next day I was with a guy I was seeing at the time, who's now my fiance, but we were at this yoga event, as I mentioned, and I just out of nowhere, like going around to the different vendors, trying snacks, whatever, and doing yoga, all of a sudden got these horrible stabbing in my stomach and I curled over and he carried me to the, the car. I was feeling so much pain in my body that I couldn't hardly walk. And we got to the car and that was when I looked at my phone that I hadn't looked at in several hours because I was just being present, right? And saw 13 missed calls from every single one of my family members, my stepmom, who that was, that's a weird one. She never calls me. And I'm like, something is wrong. And I felt it. I felt it in every cell of my body. Some, like something was deeply, deeply wrong. And then I called and I got that news, but my body told me both of those instances before they actually happened. And of course I didn't realize that until later, but as the empath, you feel things so intensely and not everyone feels it physically the way I did. Some of us feel it more emotional 
emotionally. I, I feel it both ways, emotionally and physically. But it, I just want to, if anyone feels like they're crazy for having these feelings that don't make sense, whether it's emotional or physical, you are not crazy. Your body is just picking up on energy. And I think it's a really good reminder to enforce and set boundaries with your energy and the interaction of your energy with other people so that you do not have to always take on the energy of everyone around you. And going back to your to your original question, Christina, too, like this feeling of, of guilt of, um, you know, kind of that question or that internal dialogue of who am I, you know, who am I to feel happy when everyone else around me is still grieving or when I've experienced this deep loss, am I ever allowed to feel happy again? And I mean, this might seem like a simple answer, but I just go back to my brother and I'm like, well, what would he have? wanted would he have wanted us to never move on with our lives and to sit in in you know a dark room and just grieve forever or you know was I again I see his death as him setting himself free and so it's this like this lightness within a dark emotion and dark situation this lightness of oh but he's free and he never meant for this to hurt any of us and so of course he would want us to live out our life and our purpose and be successful and happy and abundant and like feel freedom and just like ecstasy in life and who am I not to have that? Who am I not to experience that? Just because I feel things deeply, I can't experience that. I don't think so. I think that you're allowed to have it all and that you honor the emotions for what they are, but also give yourself permission to experience joy and all that that life has to offer. Really powerful messages from Sarah right now. I'm sure you feel that in your heart as much as I did. And I love that Sarah really takes the mind, body, spiritual approach. She believes in incorporating all of it for ultimate healing. And we talk a lot about the emotional and spiritual in this episode, but body is very important. It's very important that we take care of our bodies. And one of the easiest and most important switches I think that everyone should make in terms of their health is switching out their personal care products for non-toxic options. Today's episode is sponsored by Native, and I'm so excited to partner with Native because their products are free of aluminum, parabens, and sulfates. They are dedicated to creating personal care products that are better for your body and using ingredients that your body understands. And Native deodorant has been my favorite deodorant these last few months. I have been loving it. It smells amazing and it works so well. And I just love that it's filled with ingredients found in nature, like coconut oil for its antimicrobial properties, shea butter for moisturizing, and tapioca starch to absorb wetness. There is no aluminum, no parabens, no talc, and it comes in a wide variety of scents for both men and women, and they have limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also offer an unscented formula if you don't want to scent, as well as a baking soda-free formula for those with any sensitivities. So if you find that you get a rash whenever you use non-toxic deodorant, then I would check out their baking soda-free formula for sensitive skin. Some of their scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint. My personal favorite is the coconut and vanilla. It smells amazing and kind of like perfume without wearing any perfume. 
there's no risk to trying this out, and I know how hard it is to find a good non-toxic deodorant. I have tried, I want to say hundreds, but probably like 50, if I'm being honest. I've tried so many, though, and wasted so much money, but there is no risk trying this, and I also know that you'll love it, but they offer free returns and exchanges in the U.S., so you are good to go. And you can save $2 per stick if you subscribe. So Native can deliver to your door every one, two, three, or four months, depending on how often you need it. Like I said, my favorite is the coconut and vanilla, but I think I might switch it up sometime soon. I really want to try out the lavender and rose because those are two of my favorite scents as well. And it has been very hot here in San Diego and traveling to LA in the Bay. It's been super hot, even though it's September. And I need a deodorant that will last me all day and can really stand up to the heat. And the Native deodorant does an amazing job. It lasts all day long. And I don't have to worry about it not still working later on in the day if I leave early in the morning. And I don't have to worry about it leaving weird stains on my clothes, which has happened with previous deodorants. So I love this and I know you guys are going to love it too. If you want to try out Native Deodorant, you can visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, during checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, if you want that 20% off your first purchase, go to nativedeodorant.com, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com, and you can use that code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 20% off. I've had quite a few recent podcast episodes about the importance of safer personal care products, especially with deodorant going in your armpits right next to your lymph nodes, right next to your breast area if you're a woman. And it's just so important for our health to avoid any toxins in that area as much as we can really for our longevity and health in the grand scheme of life. And luckily, there are awesome companies like Native that make it super easy to make the switch to non-toxic. And if you try it out, of course, let me know what you think. Okay, I think it is time to go ahead and hop back into this conversation. So here is Sarah Small. I know I love that. And I really appreciate you being so open about that whole experience um, because I know that can be hard for some people to talk about. And I think that a lot of people are going to resonate with what you said. It's going to help a lot of people. And something else I really wanted to dive into with you specifically is the, is tapping into your intuition. You know, like that was really cool how you're explaining and feeling that in your body. I mean, I'm sorry you had stabbing pains, but the <laughs> idea that your body was, you know, telling you. And I think intuition, people talk about intuition all the time now. And a yeah. lot of people ask, you know, how do I tap into my intuition? A lot of people feel like they're out of touch. So maybe you can speak a little bit more to that as someone who's like, I want to like tap into my intuition. How do I work on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the people who are saying, oh, I do feel out of touch or I feel like I'm not intuitive at all. First of all, you're all intuitive. Our intuition shows up in different ways, but every single human is intuitive. And we experience that in just different ways. And the awareness of it is, is I find helpful. And so there are different types of Claire senses. So that just, it's like clear senses. And there's, for example, Claire sentient, Claire sentient is the empath. And so that translates to 
clear emotion or clear feeling in the body, like I was talking about before, where I physically feel the pain or I feel the emotion. Or you might walk into a room of people that are, you know, super happy and you had a really shitty day, but you walk in and you're just surrounded by this happy energy and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm happy now because you're feeling the, the things around you and taking them on as your own, which can also lead to the wounded empath. But we have to just be careful of knowing what is ours and what is not ours to carry. So there's clairsentient, and you might experience it like the empath in, in those ways I described. But you might also experience your intuition through a claircognizance, a clear knowing. And so it's like the answers just kind of pop up in your mind. I often describe this as you're you know, talking to somebody, and maybe you're using a little bit of your clairsentient, that feeling, but there's also this like little like alarm or trigger that goes off in your mind. that's just like, they're lying. Yep. I know it. I just like, you get this clear knowing in your mind that that person's lying and it just pops in. And there's, we don't have, there's the interesting thing about intuition that I think people get confused about is that there's not tons of like science and data about it. It's more of a knowing and a feeling and more of a metaphysical practice that is very much real, but that we sometimes don't fully understand because there isn't all this stuff that you're, you know, in your textbooks that you're taught in school. And then there's other ones too. Like you might experience a, uh, let's see, clairvoyance. That's a very popular one or a clairtan or a Claire Gustance, and they just all align with our senses. So touch, taste, smell. Sometimes I've been with people who are like, do you smell that? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, smells like my grandma's perfume. And I'm like, oh, well, the energy of your grandmother's here. So, it, you know, that's interesting. Let's look into that. What, you know, what do you think she's here to, to guide you with? And I personally don't experience that one as much. It's more of the clairsentience and claircognizance, but just noticing in your body how you're feeling what are you feeling when you're around people do you feel different than when you're by yourself and we have this choice to again going back to your question of if you feel like this if any of you listening feel like your intuition has been turned off or or dimmed down in any way well you have free will as a human a conscious human being to turn that intuition up. And then there's others of you who are like, oh, my intuition has gone crazy and I feel everything and it's too freaking intense. Well, then you could also ask it to turn down. And it's just, I think of it as a knob, like a radio knob where you're kind of like tuning and turning the volume up and down, but also tuning into to certain frequencies uh, or energies like that of my brother or down or to a different frequency, let's say of just like the energy of a client or something. And we can play with this. We are powerful freaking human beings, intuitive human beings that just get to decide whether we're going to enforce those boundaries, turn it up, turn it down. And if anyone feels like, oof, my intuition's totally off, I'm not feeling anything, well, then I would also look inside and hold up the mirror a little bit and go, okay, well, what about awakening my intuition is scary to me? What negative things do I feel like might happen as a result of turning this up? And that's probably what is consciously or subconsciously preventing you from feeling more intuitive or using those intuitive abilities to guide you in your life because there's an underlying fear about turning it up or 
for many of us, we have these old childhood stories of being told it's bad to be sensitive or, you know, stop using your imagination, just go and, you know, do your math homework or whatever, and don't play work. And there's so many stories that we've been that have been embedded into our programming from childhood that also have programmed us to turn off the intuitive ability that again, we can reconnect to at any time, but we just have to consciously decide to work on that. So when you talk about turning it up, mm-hmm. um, are there any strategies you suggest for that besides just like deciding or asking for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think the deciding and asking is easier for the person who's already kind of like aware of their intuition. And now they're just in that phase of playing with it. Like I play with this where I'm like, okay, intuition, turn up. And <laughs> okay, intuition, I don't, I, let's turn down today. I just need like a little break. I need to ground myself. And it can be more difficult for the person who is newer to this, even this, this language, this conversation around intuition. So for that person, I would say, okay, maybe don't start with the just declaring up and down and instead focus on the embodiment of it. And we can do that through meditation. And what I love about meditation is, first of all, I let go of any sort of expectations that, and I think there's a lot of misrepresentations around it that, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a lack of thought or clearing your mind. But my my meditation, I don't know about you, but my meditation is full of thought and it's full of yeah. vis- visuals and just like really embodying myself and my intuition in a way that is more clear for me to understand how I'm feeling. Do I see things? Do I feel things? When all the distraction starts to melt away and disappears from my life and I just close my eyes without the intention of going to sleep and instead of just the intention of listening, what comes up? Do I start to hear? Do I start to see? And do I start to feel? What thoughts do come to my mind? Just being this really like this witness, this childlike witness and student to whatever surfaces. And I think we can do that through our meditation. I also love using some external tools as a way to awaken the internal abilities that you have. So I, again, intuition, I, I think of something that's just inherently divinely created within all of us, but that if we feel disconnected, that, you know, Purchasing an affirmation deck or an oracle deck or a tarot deck could be a cool way for you to start to trust yourself and just trust that the card you pick is the message that you need to receive that day and practicing turning off all that control and analytical and linear thought process in mind and instead surrendering to whatever does come up through things like cards as just a way to practice and play. Same thing with pendulums or muscle testing. These are all tools that we can use to start to activate our intuition. But ultimately, my word of advice to to my students and my clients is always don't like depend on those tools and lean in on them as like the end all be all, but use them as like I think of them as like the practice sessions to then just know within yourself all the answers. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, it is. Let's go back to like knowing the answers or clear cognizance, for example. I think where people get tripped up, tripped up is they think, okay, was that like my intuition telling me the answer or was that my, or was that a thought? Was that my Mm -hmm. brain? 
<clears throat> yes. Okay. And so this is comes back to this conversation around the difference between intuition and fear as well. And so one of the ways that I start to, or literally feel into this in my own body to distinguish what is an intuitive download and what is just a, a thought or um, fear. So it's interesting because we also feel not everyone, but sometimes we feel fear as like butterflies in our belly, but we also feel excitement as butterflies in our belly. And so noticing that can be interesting because you're like, oh, wait, this, this feels similar. How do I decipher? And for me, the intuitive downloads, those really clear messages through that ability of claircognizance are, they're literally crystal clear. There's no like major emotion attached to them. They're more just like little downloads of information that are coming in. Whereas the thoughts that I'm experiencing as a human or the fear-based thoughts, there's an emotion that is very much like, uh, attached to it, or there's a charge to it that is more, um, fear based or, uh, what if, and instead of it being clear, it's a little bit more mumbled and jumbled and it's less easy to decipher or to interpret, or, like translate within your body of like, I'm kind of getting this feeling and it's sort of, it's like the claircognizance comes through. It's just like, bam, okay, got the message. And then of course my body's going to respond to it in an emotional way where it's like, how do I feel about this? I don't know. Am I excited? Am I scared? But it comes through without the emotion attached to it. So it's subtle. It's very subtle. But I, again, go back to my meditation practice and, and cards. I mean, you can use so many different things to, to, to tune into this and get more clear on it because it is subtle. But the more you practice, the better you get at deciphering what is that crystal clear message that came through versus what is that message that is based in my old story or my programming or something I read yesterday (laughs) that's just a thought that's coming in. Yeah. And I'm curious about your own personal journey with this. Like was when you like fully tapping into your intuition, like being so in touch with getting messages, like, was this something that for you, you've, you've always been in touch with or like mm. you just kind of overnight, you're like, whoa, I, I understand these downloads now, or was it a slow build for you? Yeah. So I think as children, we're all so just innately intuitive. And I remember that as a child and not crystal clear, but I definitely remember bits of feeling very intuitively connected. And I think that came out in my, my playtime and my imagination. And I would build houses for the fairies and I would talk to the fairies and I'd go back out in this forest behind our house and I would build these like little tree well, they were on the ground, but like little forts out of sticks. And I was just so connected to nature and like communicating with nature and feeling everything around me and just so free within my intuition to express and to feel and to receive those, those messages. And then it, at least my story is that as I started to grow up, I thought, Oh, that's childlike or that's silly. That's not real or 
I shouldn't be this way or coming back to our conversation before it's like being sensitive is this weakness or something. And so I really like dialed that down and and turned it off and then later in life reconnected to it. And so again, it was always kind of there underneath the surface of, uh, I feel like I've always been able to sense when somebody's lying and the, the reading people's body language to know, like they might be saying one thing, but I'm energetically feeling a different emotion from them. It's goes back to that conversation too, of like, I'm fine. Oh, well that person's not actually fine. They're not just not saying it and feeling underneath that, like an anger or something. So it was always sort of there, even though I had really dialed it down out of wanting to protect myself and be normal and all the things I, that were limiting beliefs that I had developed. Then when my brother passed, it, it almost like resurfaced. I was already on the spiritual journey. I was already really into the energy yet that like catapulted me forward way faster than I thought I could ever go because all of a sudden I had this person who was very close to me on the other side that I feel like just like sped up that process and practice is my main message here to everyone listening because not everyone's lost somebody that's really close to them but practicing 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 because as he passed I got really really curious and I had to ask myself really hard questions I didn't grow up religious I'd been to a church like three times in my life like I was like well shit what what is on the other side like really big existential (laughs) who am I questions but I started asking them and getting curious. And I was like, I don't have the answer, but I'm willing to be the student and I'm willing to practice and I'm willing to feel and surrender to this and just see what comes up for me. And as I started practicing and practicing with my cards, with reading books and with listening to other people's experiences, with just fully immersing myself into this intuitive journey, this I have a program now called Intuitive Soul School, but I feel like I put myself through Intuitive Soul School just naturally before I ever created that program because I was the student and I just allowed myself to see what came up for me and what surfaced. And that was a really fun yet fun experience yet leap of faith of I don't know what's going to come up. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what my beliefs are going to be at the end of this journey, but I'm willing to try. And that was when my intuition really turned on. And I realized that I was so much more intuitive and capable of receiving energy and claircognizance messages than I ever imagined possible. I love that. And maybe you could just kind of connect in terms of your, your health journey yeah, how this whole piece like played a role in your healing process. Oh my gosh, I love your questions. By the way, this is amazing, <laughs> and there Thank is you. there is such a connection. Like it is so connected for me, at least. So my health journey, I think that our body is always speaking to us when we. Um, you know, get a fever. It's it's a sign that their body, you know, is is creating an unfit, undesirable, too hot environment for different viruses to live inside of you. So it's like, oh, okay, the body's just communicating to me. Or when we have this uh, digestive pain, let's say, then that can be a sign from the body to slow down and to process life and the emotions that are coming up and to notice them and experience them because 
we're physically not able to like digest properly, well, we're probably not digesting not only food, but information and energy around us. So I just think the body's always communicating to us and we can experience that through our intuition by noticing. So for me, I was having all these symptoms that were just all over the place, super frustrating and really hard to get answers on. And what I ended up doing as my intuition was strengthening was using it to understand. So I didn't like diagnose myself in anything, but I was able to, for example, make choices that were most aligned based on what my intuition was telling me versus what like a Google search might tell you. And and I definitely use Google as my doctor for a couple of years, which I do not recommend, but I was just Googling and trying to like find the answers. But what works for one person is not necessarily what's going to work for me. And when I finally was like, okay, the answers are within me. My body is always communicating to me, even if it's in a frustrating way that like acne on my face or something that I'm embarrassed about and angry about that is still a message. And if I just freaking listen to it, I can heal it faster than if I stay in this frustration and anger about it. And so I, my favorite tool that I'll share with you today for connecting to more of the sub subconscious programming of your body and messages that are, you know, your body can't literally open its mouth and talk to you. So we have to feel into it. We have to notice it in different ways. And I like muscle testing for that. So I will just bring my thumb and pinky finger together. And I will take a, my pointer finger on the other hand and like slide that finger into the little circle I just created and try to break the bind between my pinky and my thumb. And what happens is our body is like this electrical current or circuit and it's going to stay strong and hold you're not going to be able to break your finger through that bind of the pinky and thumb if it is a uh, yes or a strong like um, true that your body is sensing whereas if it your finger easily breaks through that pinky and thumb maybe even not easily it just breaks through in general then that's going to be a no, meaning that circuit was broken. There was like a, a lag in the communication. It was a false. It was a no. It's like, okay, walk away from that. And I've used muscle testing for things like um, figuring out what foods were causing me to break out. And I would ask questions like, what, um, how did I word this? <laughs> this was years ago, but I would say, I'm just thinking of this one experience where I went into my room and I'm like, are eggs causing my um, skin to break out? And it has to be yes or no or true and false the way that you word the question. And I went in there and eggs was not the first thing I started with. I was like, nuts, okay, rice, okay, sugar. When I finally got to eggs, it was just like, yup. And I cut eggs out that day. And within two weeks, my the acne on my face started clearing up. And it's just, it's just fascinating. It's amazing. Our bodies are so wise and so divinely created that we might as well use them to, to help us heal. And that sped up my chronic illness healing journey just exponentially. I love that. It's like, so I don't do that, but I, that's why I like, I mean, I use my pendulum to figure out all my food intolerances. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm curious when you do that, that muscle testing technique, like with your, your pinky and thumb, are you holding the food or just thinking about it? 
thinking about it. Yeah. So I do, I'll just think about it when I do the finger muscle test. There's also the standing muscle test and that's very similar in that you, you also just think about it or ask the yes or no question and you just stand up and you see if your body moves forward, meaning it's attracted to that thing. It's a yes. Or if it moves back, meaning it's a no, like repelling, think of a magnet, the opposite, um, ends connecting versus the two positives and whether it's going to pull towards or away. And then I will hold, let's say a supplement up in my, I'll take it in my hand. And just like the standing muscle test with that moving forward or moving away from it, I'll take the supplement, put it up against my heart. And I usually literally connect it or touch it to my body. And I'll see if my body moves into it or if my body backs away from it. It's just like the weird guy at the bar that comes up and tries to talk to you or hit on you. And you naturally as a human being will either lean in if you're like interested in the guy or you're going to move away and you're going to your body language is going to shift and it's very similar with muscle testing where you hold that supplement up or I do it at the grocery store sometimes and if it's a food I haven't tried yet so let's say it's like um I don't do nuts but sometimes I do like sprouted seed crackers and if it's a brand I haven't tried I'll just like hold the box of sprouted seed crackers up against my chest and see if my body moves into it or away from it and I'm like okay cool now I know (laughs) I love it. No, I do that, the standing one too. And I think people think I'm so weird when I'm, I'm in the store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need some space, please. Please right. just allow me to test this. down L5 for a moment while I muscle test. <laughs> I love it. I mean, in California, it's pr- pretty normal, so I'm not too That's worried. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, oh my God, I freaking love this. Okay, this is amazing. So, Let's move into a little bit more about um, sales as an empath. Um, And I think a lot of people can can connect with this. A lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are empaths, are HSPs, um, are intuitive. And they're also a lot of healthcare practitioners and they can feel overwhelmed. They're nervous to put themselves out there, be salesy. So maybe you can speak a little bit to some of the, like, what are some of the major roadblocks you see facing empath entrepreneurs um, and how to, like, reframe those negative brain pathways or help to overcome those? Yeah. Well, I just want to remind everyone, there's not one way to be the empath entrepreneur or the HSP entrepreneur or whatever type of coach you are and the energy that you embody and feel. And there's, there's unlimited ways to do this. And so to try to put yourself into a cookie cutter, you know, strategy or way of doing something may not feel very good for you. And so I encourage anyone who's trying to kind of mold themselves into their mentor or the way they see other people doing it to try just, you know, use, do an experiment with yourself, try doing the opposite, try doing something different, really try to notice what feels good in your body and do what your intuition tells you to. So you might see everyone else around you uh, doing three-day challenges that lead into an early bird offer for a program that lead into a one-week launch for the program and the cart closes. And on the cart closing day, they do X, Y, Z. And it's like, sure, go ahead and try that if that feels really good and, and aligned for you. But also try to notice what feel you're feeling in your body. If that doesn't feel so good, then why not try a different strategy? And so there's, there are the strategies like I just laid out around um, like literal strategies that your 
implementing in your business as a coach or a practitioner. But then there's also the energetic strategy. And that's the other thing I notice, especially with the clients that come to me, they're like, okay, I've got my strategy down as far as like how I roll out a program and the way I set goals and the way I post and all this. But they really haven't looked at this whole other side that I think is just as important, if not more important, which is the energetic alignment with that price point or with the author offer or with, with um, the client, like being crystal clear on the energy of the client that they or customer that they are calling in. And so they, first of all, do things the way that it feels good for you to Make sure you bring in the energy as the introvert, as the HSP, as the empath, your superpower is your energy. And so if you're only doing business in a way that is, is strategy, well, let's bring in and sprinkle like a heavy dose of energy on top of that. And this is what I see happens with my clients. It's like all of a sudden exponential growth because it was just the missing piece for them. So really using your energy as this strength to help support your business. And I will say also that I think that being the empath entrepreneur is, is an extra like added value bonus superpower to not only your sales process, but to your clients when you are in that container of working with them because you listen with your entire body. So when you're on a uh, sales call or a discovery call, you're listening to that person that you're having the conversation with, with every ounce of you. And you're noticing beyond just what they're saying, beyond what their body language is telling you, you're feeling into their energy. And that helps you, number one, connect to people while you're selling and, and creating opportunities for them to invest in your in you and your offers. But also when you're their coach, same thing, you can deeply connect into how they're feeling. The shadow uh, that can kind of come up with that is that we see and feel and sense what someone's feeling and experiencing, believing about themselves, their business, their life. And we have to be careful that that we just witness that and notice it and coach them based on that versus seeing that as their ultimate truth. So if we as the empath entrepreneur go, oh, well, you know, Sally told me that she can't do this because she doesn't have enough time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she makes all these excuses and we, we take on that energy as true and real, then we're not seeing that client in their highest potential. And the more empowering thing to do as the empath entrepreneur that is more of your superpower is to go, okay, I totally feel that and sense that in this person. And I can see why they've created that truth or belief within themselves, but I'm not going to hold them in that spot. I'm going to hold them as their highest self, as their highest potential in what they're truly, truly capable of. And I'm going to speak to them as they, as if they are already that person versus who that story that they've created about themselves. And that I think is so beneficial as, as the client and the coach to be able to bring that person up and see the potential in them so that they begin to see it within themselves, start to believe it. You work through the limiting beliefs, you work through the stories and all of a sudden your clients are getting massive results. So I hope I answered your question. Yes. No, hell yes. Because I think that's part of what people don't realize. If you're a coach, if like if you're selling something 
everybody's going to come to you with their own stories and their limiting beliefs. Yeah. So if, if you don't do what you just said, then you're never going to make a sale. If you're just letting everybody sit in their, in their excuses and their stories. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear them all the time, right? There, there's a million excuses and the, usually they go back to some form of fear, but it's like, I'm not ready. I don't have, have enough money. Uh, my husband says that he's not on board with it and all these things. And it's like, I worked with coaches in the past and it didn't work. And okay. Those are all just stories. Those are all just stories. And as a coach, we can go, Oh, you know, surely really, she just doesn't have enough money or, you know, her husband doesn't agree or she doesn't have enough time. She's got four kids. And it's like, that doesn't help them in any way that is not supportive or empowering to that person who could truly benefit from your service product offer. And instead as you start coaching right away, I think of this as a coaching opportunity before they've ever even invested in you to show you you're already showing them, Hey, I'm going to be coaching you here and see them as more than their excuses, their objections. And instead coach them through it. Show them that this is something I see oftentimes, the exact excuse people make to why they can't enroll or invest in themselves by doing the exact opposite and investing is the pathway to healing. The exact thing that they're saying is the reason they can't do it. (laughs) And when they, when you say that in a kind, loving way to them and show them that the pathway that they're avoiding is actually the pathway to their healing they're like, oh, shit. Okay. Yep. Now I have to do this. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm sure people listening are going to be curious. So let's say someone says to you, well, I can't, I just can't afford it right now. What's mm-hmm. your response to that one? I've got lots based on, again, the energy of the person and what else I might know about them. But one common one that I use is I'll say, well, what would be the result of not changing this area of your life or not doing anything about this? Like, I'm assuming I know their pain point. I know what they're struggling with or I know what the the pain point is that I solve or give a solution two through my program. And it's like, okay, well, what would the result be of, of not doing this? And oftentimes that makes them a little, it, it has them sit in their discomfort for a second. Cause they're like, Oh, well, that's not what I want either. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I would, I would then expand upon the conversation from there, but that's one question I think that gets people out of their own old stories and makes them realize, or another one I do sometimes is like, well, what would make this a 10 out of a 10 priority for you? Like it's clearly not right because you're not willing to invest in it. So what, what would it take for this to be on the top of your, your list, a 10 out of a 10 and, and as far as priority or importance for you in your life. And then they look at it and they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I do need to change a few things to make this a priority or maybe it's not okay. Witnessing that, even though I thought it was, it's really not a priority for me. And that just, it, again, it sparks people's shadows a bit, but it, that's, that's what we're supposed to do as coaches, ask the hard questions and get people out of their own crap. <laughs> and it, it's empowering at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. I love that. One other thing I wanted you to touch on is this idea of masculine versus feminine sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I love this. So the masculine is more of the tangible doing, it is the 
strategy that you have for your launch and it is showing up, you know, on Facebook live and on Instagram and posting and sending the emails. And so we have this masculine way of, um, creating and doing, and we need that side, but we also need, it's just as important, the feminine side, which is going to be more of the okay, well, if I'm going to be creating and doing over here in the masculine, the feminine part is what's the intuitive guidance that's going to guide me into what to actually create. And um, what needs, what does my ideal client need to hear today? What is the thing that is going to spark them or give them some sort of emotional charge to take action? So I'd listen to that intuitive aspect of myself, that feminine energy, in order to guide the action that do the feminines also flow and surrender and not surrender and giving up, but surrender in trusting the process. So we could be in our masculine sales energy and do, 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 do grind, hustle and get super freaking burnt out. Or we could be all in our feminine sales energy where we're imagining and brainstorming and dreaming of all the things that are possible and we're surrendering to it, but we never actually take action. So there's no call to action for our ideal client to work with us. So it's like, the, I think of the fe- the overly feminine um, salesperson because uh, this is in men and women, all genders. But within that person, if they're all in their feminine, it's like you say you want people to come into your store, but your door in the the open sign is actually turned off and the door is locked. And so you're not actually open to receive. Our feminine side is also our receiving side. So again, your brain says consciously, I want more. I want this. I want that. This would be wonderful. This feels so aligned. Oh my God, I have so many ideas and I just want to play. But then people can't come in. There's no, you're closed yourself off to receiving. Whereas the masculine is the more giving. And so that's going to be really aligned with that doing as well, where you're taking action, you're serving your community, you're showing up. But again, if you're all in that side, then there's no space to receive either. So we have to have this balance between both. And I don't think this gets talked about too often. It's definitely more of a subtle energy conversation, but it shows up in the way that you, what you're doing or not doing, feeling or not feeling, embodying or not embodying in your business as a coach, um, you know, when you are out selling and sharing your gifts with the world, which are so valuable and so worthy of, of a high investment from other people to work with you. But when we can just kind of reflect and take inventory of how am I showing up in my feminine, how am I showing up in my masculine within the sales process, and we make a couple tweaks so it's more balanced, all of a sudden the floodgates open and you're in perfect alignment for people to flow into want to work with you. Yeah, I think it can be easy to get lost in one side or the other. And I know that I definitely get the best results when I when I do feel like both of those are in balance. And then anytime I put out work that feels more on the feminine side or more masculine energy behind it, it's just off. You know, you just feel yeah. it's off. Absolutely. Um, okay, one final topic I want to bring up, and I know I probably can't get too in-depth about it, but it's, some, it's really interesting is this idea of these inner healer archetypes that he hear you talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really heard other people talking about that before, and I would love for you to explain to the audience what that what that means. Yes, absolutely. So uh, these were intuitively 
downloaded for me. And they are based off of just channeling and energy coming in. And also my experience with working with, especially women with, with chronic illness, that was my kind of old niche was working with women with only with women with, with autoimmune disease. And I was noticing these themes coming up. So I think of archetypes as these themes and, uh, we don't have to use them as like ultimate labels on ourselves, but more just energies that we embody. And all of a sudden, like this, I had this day where they all just came through so easily and downloaded. And then I did like a whole podcast series on them and there's a quiz on them and everything. And I don't think that I created this. I think it's just like channeled through me, but the, some of the different our inner healer archetypes that we have are the, medicine woman. And so the medicine woman is going to be the traits of the medicine woman are like mixing potions and protocols and having remedies. And so it's like the, the man or woman who has the uh, essential oils in their purse all the time. So the person next to them who has a stuffy nose or a sore throat, you're like, I got, I got an oil for that. I have a solution for that. And your inner medicine woman helps keep you healthy. And it is like these, again, rituals, remedies, protocols that you're concocting up. Whereas the warrior woman is this like strong willed, badass boss lady who doesn't back down is up for up for a challenge and, uh, like little, little things that come in like this, these little challenges that come in, it's like, that's not going to make me run inside. That's not going to make me back down. I'm driven. I'm hardworking. I'm ready to throw down and I'm going to achieve what I set my mind to. And so maybe you can already tell there are really strong strengths or traits of each of these archetypes and the ways that they help you, especially if that's the strongest one that you embody, but there's also potential weaknesses, right? So maybe you can see that in the warrior woman who's like so driven and that benefits her in certain situations so well. But if she's only embodying her inner warrior woman and never her medicine woman, for example, she's probably going to drive herself into burnout because she's not taking care of herself and tuning into her ritual and her self care as the warrior woman. So I think we also have all these within us. One of the I think this is the most popular answer on the quiz that I have. It's been taken over like 4,000 times. And uh, I'm pretty sure this is the highest, most popular answer, the intuitive witch. And the intuitive witch is a lot of what we've been talking about today, where it's this strong connection to your intuition, which kind of makes sense because my community is primarily empaths. And so we are pretty connected to our intuition. (laughs) And But even as the intuitive witch, you may or may not have actually awakened that that intuitive ability within you, but it's this kind, loving inner voice that is guiding you and inside of you, encouraging you to be the you-iest you that's super authentic and is listening or mm, listening to the environment around you so that it can guide you through the traffic that is the highway of whether chronic illness or business or life in general, and always providing you the wisdom of your subconscious mind in order to bust through old blocks and become more in tune with your surroundings. And some of the other ones are the inquisitive she-wolf, the crystal healer, the three-eyed raven, but they all embody these different energies that I think of them as a whole as just, we are all of these things. 
just like your intuition where it's like you might be strongest as a clairsentient, you might be most embodied as the warrior woman. And so how can I look at some of these other archetypes and see how they could benefit me? Or is one of them my shadow archetype where I've disowned this part of myself, like my intuition, and how can I love on and nurture her? So if people want to learn more, they can always listen to the uh, it's like six or seven part podcast uh, mini series within my show uh, and take the quiz. I can send that over to you to include in the show notes. Yeah, I want to take the quiz. I was listening to your podcast about it and I thought it was so interesting. Can you explain the, the Three Eye Raven one? Yeah. Did you, is that what you got in your quiz? No, I haven't taken the quiz yet, but I just, I, I didn't finish all of your podcast and that was the one I hadn't listened to yet. Oh. And I was like, I don't know what that, I feel like the other ones I like, in, I can kind of tell what they'll be. Right. But I don't know what uh, that one. So the three eyed raven's like mysterious. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, three eyed raven, it loves consulting, with their healing tribe in, in gleaning all of the latest tips and tricks. And so you might be at, if you're embodying your th- three eyed Raven, you're like in a Facebook group that's on, um, holistic healing and you're thinking of buying a new water filter and you post in their group, you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this one, or I'm in the market for a water filter. What is everyone else using? What do you, so you're like crowdsourcing, right? You're, you're consulting and, and noticing what all this information that exists in our world and our planet. And then consuming that information in order to make or weigh out those options to make the best, most aligned decision for you. And so you're, I think of it as the consultant, as that person who's gleaning information, they are full of knowledge and information from all the research that they have done, but also from their own experience. So they get that from articles, from their favorite people on social media, but also their own journey and their own experience. And between that experience everything they've read, they have this like wealth of knowledge that then bring a little bit of the intuition in, they can weigh out those options and make the most aligned uh, decision as well. And then I think the last thing I'd probably say about the three eyed Raven is they, they are into cycles. So um, cycles of the moon, menstrual cycles, seasonal changes and cycles, and their body's going through this natural cycle and rhythm. And when they tune into that, on top of all the wealth of knowledge that they have, they are super powerful as healers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I need to take the quiz because I'm really curious. I mean, like, I feel like I identify so many of them, but I'm wondering which one is the most... Like the most. It's the strongest, yeah. right? Or the most dominant. Because again, we have all of these strengths and traits within us, all of us, mm-hmm. but there's usually one that you most embody and it's like your go-to kind of archetype to embody. What what is yours? Mine's the intuitive witch. Okay. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Well, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I have loved chatting with you. Can you just tell everybody where they can find more from you if they want to connect? 
Absolutely. First of all, it's been such an honor to, to chat with you today, Christina, and just always a pleasure. And I love what you're doing and all your work in social media as well and on the podcast. People can find me over on Instagram. I hang out a lot on Instagram stories as well at the empowered empath. There are underscores in between those three words. So at the empowered empath, my website is autoimmunetribe.com, my old branding, but still everything on there is up to date. And then especially if you want to listen to any more about the archetypes I have my podcast healing uncensored on on all platforms um, but I mostly hang out on iTunes personally so people can find me all those places perfect all right thank you again Sarah so much yeah thank you so much love and gratitude for Sarah for coming on the show and sharing so much of her experience and knowledge she is amazing and make sure you check her out at the empowered empath on instagram and if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share it with your friends you can take a screenshot and share it on social media and tag me tag sarah tag wellness wellness podcast so that i can say thank you and if you're not already in our facebook group wellness realness podcast tribe i would love to have you there you can connect with other listeners and just meet some like-minded people it's an awesome place to be that's it for today's show i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you have an awesome rest of your day and i will chat with you again next time bye